0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. This is Jason Bailey.
1: Greetings and salutations.
0: We are here with your break from all of the high-resource-five propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. All right, be sure to check us out. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. You know the drill. Share with your friends. Share the black and gold gospel. Let's get into it. All right, so today... Is the 36th anniversary of Southern Miss's 38 to 29 defeat of the number 17 ranked Alabama Crimson Tide at Bryant Denny Stadium. Bear Bryant's final defeat. It was one of, I think, only three teams to defeat him at home. Uh, there's so many things that go into this game. One of the greatest Southern Miss games of all time.
1: You know, I'm so glad that you share all that stuff on Facebook.
0: Um, and, and it really
1: provides some insight into where the program's been in the past and not that that year was an exceptional year i think we ended up winning like seven games that year uh but you know taking down the bear
0: in his last game right his last game ever it was the last game his last game at home he played in the um liberty bowl that year but cool it was his final defeat
1: very cool man and so many people that commented on our facebook page were there you know that's that's really cool for me to um to see people kind of, you know, thinking back to, to that day and, and, um, yeah, very cool,
0: man. Well, so I guess last night was the okay. So my grandfather passed away. I guess it's been seven years now. Huge Golden Eagle fan. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, I think the last game he physically came to was my first game at Southern Miss. And, uh, huge Golden Eagle fan. So he passed away, I guess nine years, uh, what, 2011. So seven years ago now. And we joked about that last play. So last night was the seven year anniversary of when Southern Miss defeated UCF at home, 30 to 29. And it was the last second play where Blake Bortles was throwing the end zone and the ball just kind of went awry. And I was like, "Yeah, that's just that's Papaw in the end zone, man, just swatting it down." <laughs> but they asked me when he passed away. They were like, "What do you want?" Because we were really close. Like, what do you want? You know? And I was like, "I really don't want anything. I just want these two photos that he had in his office. Both of them from this Alabama game. The one of Carmody and Bear Bryant was signed, you know, to Sam, and the other one was Bear Bryant with the uh, school board behind him."
1: Right, right. And
0: uh, right. so I have both those. I treasure both those photos, and you know I always think about that when I think about that game. My grandfather all kind of ties together around around this time. So pretty cool. And that was it. That was a huge, huge victory. Might be the greatest victory of all time for Southern Miss. Definitely in the top two or three.
1: Couldn't agree more, man. And uh, I can't wait to get back to some of that stuff. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I know what you are saying. <laughs> So uh, other news today, Patrick McGee of the Sun-Herald first reported that Southern Miss will not have a 12th regular season game this season. You know, we we had had some talks with some different schools, you know, trying to make up that 12th game. It was tentative for the first weekend in December. Would have made up the Appalachian State game, Appalachian, Appalachian, Appalachian State game that was uh, canceled because of the hurricane. But apparently the finances weren't right we weren't going to take a game until we were mathematically eliminated from the conference race. That didn't happen until this past weekend. So, uh, you know, South Carolina, they moved on, they got Akron and I just don't think the money was, we, we wanted a payday to make it worth our while. And two, if you think about this, you know, let's say we win these next two games and go to a bowl. That bowl is more than likely going to be a mid December bowl game. So, it makes perfect sense not to play that game um unless there's a huge payday involved
1: very true and uh as much as i'm you know i, I guess i can see all sides of it but um i would love the payday <laughs> sure and I, and i would also just like to be able to watch these golden eagles play one more time but you know we've still got a shot at that like you said with the bowl game as bad as this season's gone so far um i say as bad as it's gone i mean Nobody was expecting, well, I say nobody. Some people were expecting, you know, like double digit victories, which I know you and I and any other sane person thought was just completely outlandish, but the, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of semi close to where we thought we'd be. I mean, the two losses to Charlotte and Monroe are, are really the one that stick out. Um, if those just go a little bit differently, we're in a very good spot and most of the games we've been in have been close. We're really young, so. Let's, uh, let's squeak these last two out, go to whatever bowl game they put us in, and that'll be our 12th.
0: If you guys want to uh, support the program or if you want to get involved in any of the little things we got going on at uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash to the top talk. If you want uh, – we have different levels of sponsorship. If you want to be a title sponsor, if you want to run a commercial on the show, I don't care if you're not a business. If you want to do it, let's do it. Um, go on there, check it out, patreon.com slash to the top talk. Also, big comedy show next weekend. If you're coming back to Hattiesburg for Thanksgiving, if you're in the vicinity, you're gonna get stir crazy. That's November the 24th, the Saturday. Southern Miss plays on the road earlier that day at UTEP. If I'm, I could care less if you're into the A Bowl or not, but for those people who might be, that's on a totally different day. There's nothing good gonna be going on, so come out see one of the best up and coming comedians. In the country at Brusky's, Mark Norman. You may have seen his hour Comedy Central special. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show, Colbert, Conan. Uh, one of the best in the biz. That's going to be at eight p.m. Saturday, November twenty-fourth. F- tickets are fifteen dollars. Available now at uh, Ticket Web. All right, so let's move on. We haven't we haven't talked in a while, at least on the podcast. So I think it's we're about, a minute. it's been a month out. We've had different interviews, different things going on, just trying to piece the show together and make it work. But we are back together tonight. No guests tonight. We'll have some more back soon, but let's get started by talking about the game this past weekend, Southern Miss and UAP. As soon as the game started. We found out that Jack Abraham was out yet again. Tate Whiteley getting the start. They ran Jake, Jack Abraham out in his pads and he was warming up. So I don't know if that was to confuse uh, the Blazers or if it was to legitimately see how he was holding up. The, the staff has not been very transparent when it comes to injuries and what their plans are regarding players who may be injured.
1: Well, I, I, I know, um, I know Glenn was kind of surprised. Um, Glenn Dyer from 24-7. I was, I was sitting with him at the bar and he was kind of surprised when Tate came out there. So, um, so yeah, I think they kept it under wraps and, and, uh, who knows, man. I, I don't know what the extent of the injury is with, with Jack, but I saw on the paper today again where they're expecting him to play this week. It's kind of like the same exact thing we heard the week before. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but, <clears throat> If he doesn't come back, man, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm okay with this tater guy.
0: Um, yeah. If he doesn't come back, clearly he's probably not going to play again this year. Mm-hmm. But if he's going to come back, it's going to be this week. It's going to be against his old team, Louisiana Tech. This, this game has been circled on the calendars for both, uh, him and his former teammates. So if he's not back this week, I would imagine he's out the rest of the year. And I think Tate just finished up his fourth game. So if if you want to get the red shirt on Tate for mm-hmm. this year, this is going to have to be it for him for the rest of the season. So I guess we won't find out until the first snaps are taken on Saturday. But back to the UAB game against Southern Miss, uh, the theme of this game across the board was defense. Both defenses uh, played outstanding games. Southern Miss defense gave it all they had, left it all out there on the field. Um, a very, you know, the Golden Eagles going into this game were, I think it was up to 12 point underdogs. And, uh, to put forth the effort they put forth, it was, it was really amazing. Really proud of the defense. In the second half, things got a little weird. The internet went down. The radio went out. The TV went out. Um, uh, side note, be sure you go back and cancel your BN sports package for those of you who, who did the free trial. Uh, make sure you go cancel that so you don't have to subscribe <laughs> to BN and their horrible football coverage. But, uh, also Drake Dorbach. I I didn't realize this till the notes came out after the game. Drake Dorbach missed the entire second half. So right. you didn't have him there. That, that was a time where Tate Whiteley got beat up pretty. I mean, Tate Whiteley sacked seven <clears> times on the night. Uh, still kept fighting, still was a trooper in there. Late in the fourth quarter, so it's tied at 20. Ty Williams gets an interception, runs it back to the UAB 36. And this is where there was some confusion over. And it's, you can always second guess when something doesn't go well. You, you you, know, logically, as a fan, you think, okay, well, surely we'll try to get the ball down in the field a little bit. If we have time, you know, get out of bounds or spike it, and then kick a field goal. And if that doesn't work out, just go for the field goal. And the post game presser, Shea Hobson, said that Parker Seanfield tweaked his groin. They felt like they needed another 10 yards of turf to feel good about him kicking a field goal. So, and then they said they saw something in the defense and something that UAB was giving them, and they tried to take it over the top with that. So it didn't work out. UAB gets interception. We go to overtime. We get the ball first. Parker Shaunfield kicks a, a, three, uh, a field goal to take a three-point lead. UA B gets the ball next. And Spencer Brown breaks off a 17-yard run to seal the victory for the Blazers and a Conference USA West Division title.
1: Uh, yeah, well, there you go. And, you know, you were talking about that play where, where we basically threw up a Hail Mary for no reason. I know you and I have talked about this off the air, but – I mean, and it would be it would be great if I could have seen the play. Have you seen the play? Has anybody actually seen the play yet? No, have I you didn't. seen any replays just, or anything? I listened
0: to Coxie over the phone.
1: Yeah, well, and so did myself, Harry Goff, and my friend Hattie, who are outside the Four Street Bar, sitting in his pickup truck. <laughs> you know, having having to listen to it there um, because the the Ethernet or whatever went out in Birmingham. But I I really like to see it because on one hand I'm like everybody else. Well, first of all, I, I'd have a timeout left, and let's not even get to the whole timeout thing. We just do weird timeouts, and that's the place where we could have used one, but we didn't have it. So I guess you can't even talk about that. But, yeah, I, I think that logically, like you said, um, you tell Tate, look, we're going to do a 8 or 10 yard out. If it's not there, throw it in the 17th row, and too bad, Parker. You got to try to kick it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, I'm like, who else would have tried to make that throw? Um, uh, you know, one million times, you know, guys like Brett Favre, guys even like Nick Mullins, um, weren't a th- afraid to go ahead and end it. Uh, and I like that about Tate. Um, I have no idea what was said to him on the sidelines. I, I don't know if, he, if it was prefaced by, Hey, don't make this throw or whatever. If there, if there is something saying don't make that throw, then what in the world's a guy doing down there getting ready to catch it?
0: Well, the coaches said they made that call. Uh, Hobson said he backed up that call. Now, I don't know if Dawson made it and Hobson standing by his guy, but they said that's the play they called. And, uh, but, but digging a little deeper there. So Tate was 16 for 38 on the night. So you have a quarterback with less than a 50% completion percentage who's getting his, his lunch eaten all night in the backfield. And you're going to try to get him to make a throw. And it's not like he's got Corey Robertson down there. Like, Tech did last year, like we did against Louisiana Tech last year. You know, uh, we have some solid receivers, but Corey could go up. I mean, Corey was a different beast when it came to going up and getting the ball and uh, and making plays. So you got a guy that's less than fifty percent completion percentage. What is the most likely scenario of him throwing a thirty-six yard pass into double coverage? Is it a catch?
1: So, so it was double coverage.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: Well, that's a bad throw. You know, that's well, but definitely that's, a bad throw. But you know, that's, hey, what, and,
0: that's what they called, you know, and he's he being a and, true and, freshman. And it's
1: and, and look, and here's another thing we got to do. This is coaching staff. And this, you know, I, I know we've, we've leaned on the excuse of youth on the offensive line and we're going to be playing the same guys for the next three years. And all that's well and good. But at some point, you know, the, the coaches have to learn how to win these close games too. Like we just don't have that knack of winning the close games right now. Um And, as bad as the rushing stats have been and the youth and inexperience and all that, uh, if we did have a knack for winning those, we'd already be bowl eligible.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you kind of think back to, you know, you talk about the youth. I mean, it's kind of like that 2014 team where you had a lot of those losses that were pretty close that they could have won. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they were able to turn the corner the next season with a little more experience. So I don't, I mean, at this point, Nobody's going anywhere. I totally understand the frustrations. I totally understand the disappointments. I totally understand the frustrations when it comes to the inopportune timeouts. You're probably never going to – that's probably just going to be something that you're just going to have to deal with, with with Jay Hobson. And it sucks because, like you said, we could have used one of those timeouts there to even just run the ball and try to get a little cl- – just something. Just yeah, something to try to true. get a little closer. Um, hey, Speaking of running the ball,
1: I don't know if you're going to ask me this or not, but <laughs> – why in the world do you get rid of Dar- do you st- get away from from Darius Mayberry? At the beginning of the game, that guy it was the first time we've seen him all year. I don't know why he was starting in front of Mosley, but uh, I, mean, I just guess Mosley was a little banged up. But um, I mean Mayberry, I don't know what he looked like to you, but I mean he looks like the real deal. His burst is just unreal. He's 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 you know between him, Mosley, and Anderson. I mean it's gonna be fun to watch all these guys the next three or four years. But that guy. Uh, he really seemed like he had something nice going on, and then we didn't see him for three quarters.
0: Well, you had this is why because you know he had a, he had a nine yard reception, he had a run along of nine, but he was nine nine carries for twenty two yards. That's an average of two point four yards per carry. The, I don't think the problem was him as much as it was UAB and their defense.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe so.
0: If he's getting stuff to that low of a uh, you know, yards per carry it's it's really hard to make the case. You know, they they had to start throwing and then, you know, with Drake Dorbeck being out, um, that loosens up things even more on the offensive line than they already are. Yeah, no, no,
1: yes, that's a that's a fair point and, and that's gotta have a lot to do with it. Um but you know, just as straight up like Monday morning quarterback guy, I'm
0: like, Good gosh, we had a really good player, and then we just stopped using him. Well, and that's probably, it it was tough being effective against UAB. I mean, UAB had had a pretty stout defense. And, um, you know, I, I thought before the game that we, the, our only chance was if Jack was playing to be able to complete passes down the field because you knew we wouldn't be able to rush the ball on him. And we only had what? Five rushing yards on the game, five net rushing yards on the game. And I don't blame, because that's just UAB is just a stout defense. Yeah. We, we did the same thing to them. I mean, we held them to 97, not, you know, stellar, but pretty solid. Anytime you hold a team under, you know, to that low of a total, their stud running back, uh, Brown, seven, 20, 23 carries for 75 yards and a TD, which happened, you know, the last 17 yards of that last play of the game. Right. So. No,
1: yeah. I mean, the defense definitely showed out and it was a very, and I guess I don't feel too bad about it. I mean, I saw these people just basically jumping off the ledge on Twitter and Facebook and every other social that they could get their hands on. Um, were, 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 were you expecting to, to dominate that game? I, I thought we were kind of playing with house money, basically a fifth string quarterback, youth everywhere, playing against the best team in the league on the roads, freezing. <laughs> and, and like we had, I, I, I feel like, I feel like we lost what was a very winnable game, as it turns out. But at the beginning of the game, I, I, I thought the chances of us winning were,
0: you know, pretty low. I thought it was going to be tough, and I thought the defense was going to have to play out of their mind, and they did. I think the frustrations just come from, you know, two and a half years of some of the same type of things, especially you know when it comes to play calling or inopportune timeouts being called. I think the frustrations just add up. And a lot of folks don't factor in the circumstances as far as having the young offensive line, as far as having a true freshman quarterback who, and, and, you know, not only has the quarterback not gotten first team reps for a good portion of the year, the running backs haven't gotten first team reps, didn't get first team reps through the summer or through, uh, you know, last spring. So mm-hmm. you've got a lot of inexperience in a lot of key areas on the offense. It's like I said, it's only going to get better. Now I understand, you know, Shannon Dawson's a smug guy. There's some of his st- stuff he does that, that I don't get, but at the same time, he, he's, he's, I don't think he's a great coordinator. I think he's a solid coordinator. I don't know what the, you know, I know people are kind of like, you know, they're ready to can him and I get it. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. If it doesn't happen, I think we're going to be okay. I think, I think. With uh, an offensive line being a little more stout, a little more conditioned uh, than they are right now, I think you'd be seeing a totally different offense out there. So, yeah, I,
1: I, I well, and as far as, you know, complaining about the play call, and we are we talking about it at the bar, people are like, I can't believe you do this. I can't believe you do. why they run that screen? Well, they, that's like everything y'all are complaining about is just the offense that we run. I said, you can't complain about, I, honestly, you can't, a lot of times you can't even complain about the play call. That's just the offense. Can you complain about the offense? Yeah, you can. Uh, the offense puts up yards and not points, typically. Um, but, you know, in his defense, there's, there's, he's, he's very limited on, on probably what he can call. I'm sure he's trying his best. It's like he's trying to do bad.
0: Right, but right. I
1: guess the point is, I don't think it's so much the play calling as just the menu of plays in which to choose, which is the offense. And, um, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So just sitting, sitting there in a chair at the bar or your house or whatever, screaming about while we ran a certain play. It's kind of, it's just our offense doesn't look like the 49ers did the other night with Nick Mullins, right? Our offense doesn't look like it did with Munkin It just, because it's a different offense. Um, it can work too. I'm not even saying one's better than the other. Uh, we had more success with one than the other, but I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying it's entirely different. So you can't expect a play to be called that's not what we run, right? It's just not. And you throw a fifth-string quarterback and no line.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they're not going to – I mean, you're not going to throw the ball down the field when the quarterback – you know the quarterback's not going to have time to throw. That's. It's just one of those things that we try to get through the rest of the season. And
1: Hey, let me give a quick shout-out to that dude, though, man. Tate, I mean – I don't care who does it. I'm a, I'm a Jack fan if he's in there. I'm a Tate fan if he's in there. I was a Keon fan when he was in there. I don't care. Um, I just want the guy that's, that's going to give us the best chance to win. But my goodness, is it hard not to fall in love with this kid, man? He is just getting his brains beat out like Nick Mullins freshman year style. And he gets up. He's the first one off the ground every single time. Um, he's obviously limited with some of, some of the things he can do with his arm, but he doesn't care. He still chunks it up. He still tries to fit it in that window. And there's parts of that that I just absolutely dig. So, um, shout out to that guy, man. And, and I think that the rest of the league, if they're looking around, they're looking at the three headed monster we got coming back at running back. And, you know, if Tate develops a little arm strength or if Jack, you know, gets his confidence back, really, um, to combine with this defense, man, I think the future is super, super bright.
0: And then you can you get Quez Watkins, but then you got Jalon Adams who's been yeah. out with the high ankle sprain. Um, you you got a lot of weapons, man. So I, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds. But that being said, we still got two games left in this season. Mm-hmm. Neither are going to be easy. But you y- you remember back to Hobson's first year? We were five and six. We were taking on Louisiana take the last game of the year, and it was kind of like. They just kind of knew that backs were against the wall. We had to go out and win, and I think I'm hoping that's what we see this weekend.
1: I think we will. I I I have high expectations for this weekend. Um, it's kind of weird having this high of expectations as I do, but um, I can't wait to get out there and watch this defense again. I know that offense puts butts in seats, but man, I cannot wait to watch these guys. We we got to keep packs packs from like. Personally filing every game, but uh, other than that, man, it is so fun to watch these guys get after it, and um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. And yeah, I I, I think I think we're just absolutely going to hand it to Louisiana Tech this weekend, and I don't think UTEP's got a chance either. I think we're finishing out this year two and zero, and going to the New Orleans Bowl on my freaking birthday weekend. Write it down.
0: Hey, all right, <laughs> I'll. <laughs> Um I don't have that might a pen. Be fireball talking, I don't know. I don't have a pen, so <laughs> so Southern is taking on Southern is sitting at four and four four and five on the year, three and three in Conference USA, Louisiana Tech, seven and three on the year, five and one in Conference USA. That's this Saturday, November the seventeenth, twenty eighteen, at two thirty PM. The game is on stadium, and the line as of right now is uh Louisiana Tech is favored by two points. So that's a little closer than it was last week. You know, if you look at that, it is Senior Day, so come out support these seniors, the, the the small senior class that we have. It is also a blackout, so be sure you wear your black and uh, blackout the rock. You can't really find gold cold gear, so it's great that we do the blackout at the end of the year right now. So wear your black, come out to the game. Weather's supposed to be in the 60s, supposed to be sunny out, so... Um hopefully it'll be a great atmo- – I mean, if it's anything like our last home game, it is it was an amazing atmosphere uh, on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi.
1: Everybody come out. Feel free to come by our tent. Uh, we're in the same spot every single game right over there by Southern Hall. Come on out. I would love to shake the hand of every single solitary one of you. So come on by.
0: And that's Jason talking. He will shake your hand. <laughs> All right, so let's look at – Louisiana Tech. Let's look at this Louisiana Tech game. First off, you gotta look at the stats overall. So Southern Miss, um, putting up 25.3 points per game. Tech putting up 25.5, pretty comparable. Points allowed per game, 23.4 for the Texters and uh, Southern Miss 21.2. Total yards, Louisiana Tech, 278.7, Southern Miss 300, Oh, excuse me, 378.7 Southern Miss, 376.2, very comparable. Yards passing, 239.9 for Tech, 272.6 for Southern Miss. So, so it looks like they're not throwing the ball as much as we are. We have very comparable um, yards per game. They they're doing a little more on the ground with 138.8 yards. Rushing per game, we've got 103.7. You know, rushing has been a, a, an issue for us all year, but it looks like they're starting to figure some things out. It'll be interesting to see how that offensive line shakes out. But if they're going to be depending on running the ball that much against our defense, that's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, that's not going to
1: happen. Is what it's going to do. I mean, you, you, we, our defense has proven that. Um, if you're going to line it up, and I mean that, that, plays right into our hands. It did. It did with Auburn. Right? I mean everybody who's tried to do it, it really doesn't matter. Um I mean and like you mentioned, outside of that seventeen yard scamper from UAB in overtime, which again I didn't see it, just heard it, but uh you know, that's that's a horrible game plan against Southern Miss if that's what they try
0: to do. Yards allowed, so Tex defense giving up three hundred and sixty four point three yards per game, Southern Miss giving up two hundred and eighty four point nine. Uh passing yards allowed, Tech giving up 200.5, Southern Miss giving up 175. Rushing yards allowed, Tech giving up 163.8, Southern Miss giving up 109.9. So this may be an opportunity for us to have a more balanced attack going into this game. And if it's Tate, you, you have to think that that certainly would be the case because I would imagine we're going to be running a lot, the ball a lot more with him at under center.
1: Who do you want to play quarterback this weekend?
0: Jack. Me too.
1: I, and and more for the reason that I want to see Tate Redshirt. Uh I think ta- I, I I hope Jack gets it back, man. Jack's got the ability to be all everything. Um but I think I think Jack got a little I don't know. I, I I'm not I don't want to put <laughs> any any term on it, but dude turned into a turnover machine for whatever reason. And um and he's got to get away from that. Because that's that that'll absolutely kill us every game. So maybe this is the game where Jack comes back from that, and or play them both. I don't care. Run that two thing. Run that two quarterback system. They're both good players. Um, but I would love to see Tate with that red shirt.
0: I would too. I would love to see Tate with the red shirt. Um, and Jack just the history between him and Tech. You know, mm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's a there's obviously some bad blood there, and uh, I think. I think it's one of those things where I think he'd be motivated and, and two, Jack really hasn't had much of a rushing game all season.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, that's a that's a very good point, man. Um and and, and he would uh seeing Jack go out there and absolutely light it up against a team uh
0: that 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 kind of, you know, cast him aside really. Well I wouldn't say so they ca- I don't think they cast him aside. I think he just decided it wasn't the best place for him. Yeah <laughs> and There's some bad blood. I remember, like, when he committed, some of the the players there were talking trash to him. Like, they're coming after him when they get here. So, but, you know, when I was talking about the running game, uh, I I imagine we'll see more Darius Mayberry. You're going to have a more season, Steven Anderson. You're going to have a more season, mostly, if he's not banged up. So, there's going to be more options uh, running the ball than there have been for most of the season for Jack. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, You know, looking at some of the common opponents here. Last week, Tech defeated Rice 28 to 13. Um, they got hammered by Mississippi State. They beat UTSA 31 to (coughs) 3. They fell to UAB 28 to 7. They defeated North Texas 29 to 27. And those are all the common opponents that we have. So you kind of like our chances this this weekend, and um, you know we've got, we've had their number. They know we've had our their number, so I'm sure they're going to be gunning for us. But mm-hmm. we still ha- we still have their number. We do
1: kind of like UAB has our number. There's really no explanation for either one of them, but we kind of got it. So and and look, our our backs are against the wall. There's so many reasons why we should go out there and dominate this game this weekend. But that's the biggest one. These kids hadn't quit playing all year long. Um, and we kind of, we just got to It's, it's come to the point where we have no choice. We have to win Saturday and then we have to win the following Saturday, uh, to have a chance of, or to be able to get to bowl eligibility. So I, I'm, I'm looking
0: forward to it. I think we're going to be up to the task. I really do. So you guys come out, join us at the rock this Saturday, wear your black. Come on, support these seniors, man. You know they've been through a lot for the black and gold. And you know you look at some of these seniors that are going to be leaving. Picasso. I mean, there's 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 <clears> some <throat> dying in the wool Golden Eagles that are going to be departing this year. All right, basketball. This past weekend was it Sunday? Yes. I watched the game on uh, ESPN Plus. Southern has defeated SMU seventy four sixty four. Tyree Griffin thirty one points, four rebounds, and seven assists. A great day for the Golden Eagles.
1: Tyree Griffin makes the whole, uh, makes the whole team go. Um, you kind of wonder where we're going to be if he happens to go out, but right now he, he's, he's just a spark plug. He's the leader. Um, he's, he can be the scorer. Um, he could, uh, I think he could have games where he has 16 assists and zero points or 34 points. And you know eight assists or something, Uh, but he the the team definitely runs through him. Super athletic, um, and 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 fast, you know, and plays with a swagger out there too. He had it last year, but now he's got some better players around him. I think that swagger is even
0: growing. You had four players in double figures. It was great, and it was great seeing those clueless announcers change their tune as the game went along.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think we're all used to that.
0: So the misses are well, the Golden Eagles currently two and zero. Next game Thursday that's November the fifteenth at Troy. That's going to be on ESPN Plus at six p.m. So you get another opportunity to watch the Golden Eagles on television. I think this is we've already had more television appearances this season than we have had last season. So yeah, <laughs> that's good. Then on Tuesday they head down to the Cancun Te- Challenge taking on North Florida. It's uh, November the 20th, and that's tournament style. So I won't really know who they play until after they play. So keep up with the Southern Miss on social media. I'm sure we'll be talking about all those games next week on the show. A big night. Well, I say a big night. Nick Mullins got his second chance as a starter against the uh, New York Giants on Monday Night Football. A solid performance by Nick. He had two interceptions, but both of them were on uh, tip balls, you know, maybe not the best throws, but they bounced off their receiver's hands. What do you do? But all in all, Nick showed a lot of poise in there. Um, throwing for a hundred and, excuse me, throwing for 250 yards and one touchdown on the evening. Came back there at the end, almost pulled off the victory. Just not enough time left on the clock. They fell to the Giants 27 to 23. But it was great seeing Nick get his two and, and he, there's no reason he shouldn't be, the starter for the 49ers when they come back after a bye week and take on Todd Munkin and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. I look for him to be in there and he, there, I, there was zero chance that he was going to duplicate that Raiders performance. I think we all can agree on that. Um, but man, you know, after those, after he just looked a little like he had some jitters at the beginning of the game um, and not to mention that field. Good gosh. Everybody was slipping down everywhere, including Nick on his first completion. Um that shows some poise just to make that throw. But that dude was absolute money on third down all game long. Uh, he threw a couple bad balls, but, um, that's the thing with Nick. He's not afraid to, to throw them, right? Um, and that's the thing we loved about him at Sutter Miss. And I'll be damned if he doesn't almost take them all the way down the field and win the thing right there at the end. You know what? In, 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 in the uh, post game, Comments I saw from all the players, they love him. Yeah. Um, I think this I think he's got the attention of the veterans. Um, including, you know, uh his favorite receiver. God, was that guy's name? Kittle. Kittle. Oh,
0: Kittle's. Including great. Kittle,
1: of course. I mean, he throws it to him all the time, so he's gonna love him. But also people like Richard Sherman, right? A veteran defensive back. So he he looks like he's I mean, I'm not expecting him to like, you know, take over those spot or anything, but But he is, um, he's got the respect of his teammates and they look at him as the leader in the voice. And that's, that's really unimaginable for a guy who's been on, um, you know, scout team up until, up until what, two weeks ago.
0: No doubt. Best of luck to Nick. Let's shut it down. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at BumperJBailey. Facebook as well and on Instagram. Next comedy show this Saturday, November, oh, excuse me, not this Saturday, next Saturday. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, November the 24th. Mark Norman is going to be at Brewski's. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show Comedy Central. Going to be a great time. So look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating and review if you like the show. Tell your friends if you don't like the show, tell your friends. Jason, this Saturday at the Rock. Hopefully, I'm. I don't think I've even. You can tell I've got some kind of ailment. (laughs) I've been out of the weather, so hopefully I'll get that nipped in the bud before Saturday. But you got two games. You got to win both of them, and it all starts Saturday at 2:30 p.m. We got this, man. We got this, absolutely. Somebody go out there on
1: Patreon and pledge a dollar so Jamie can go get some cough drops.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.